Hello, hello, and welcome back to Down the Yellow Brick Pod and a happy holiday season. If you are looking to treat the Oz fan in your life or your own inner child, venture on over to our Etsy swag shop at etsy.com slash shop slash down the YBP, where we just dropped our new wintry designs, including a feminists and pets of Oz line, along with an Ozaturgy dictionary definition design for all folks like us who wish this was their major in college. Consider shopping small and supporting independent artists in your purchases this holiday season. It matters immensely. Also, it's not too late to enter our end of the season giveaway. Entries are open until Sunday, December 19th. Enter by submitting an Apple podcast rate and review for one entry or joining our Patreon pod squad for 10 entries at any tier. Bonus entries may be earned by followers of the IG. Keep an eye out. Giveaway includes Oz collectibles and new trinkets and treasures repping our season of musical adaptations and treasures by fellow independent artists. We hope the winner is you. Hello, friend. You are listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod, an all things Wizard of Oz podcast that will take you over the rainbow and down a yellow brick rabbit hole as we pull back the curtain on American culture's most visited fairyland. We are your hosts, Tara and MK, the royal revisionists of Oz and roommates in Queens, New York, here to preserve the rustic emeralds of yesteryear and reimagine an Oz for today and future generations. This season, we will be deep diving with the melodies of the many musical adaptations of L. Frank Baum's original Oz book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, taking up residency in the 1939 classic MGM film, as well as the 70s super soul hit, The Wiz. Visit our Insta at Down the Yellow Brick Pod for an accompanying scrapbook and fave space to connect, as well as our Patreon community where we continue the escapism and entertainment with Tiny Oz concerts, acoustic coffee shop covers and mashups, not sponsored by NPR, and other good witchy perks for each Patreon tier. Our Patreons are truly our MVPs. Consider joining our Oz fam today, it would truly make our day. May the world of Oz continue to be a bewitching escape in bewildering years, nostalgic and nuanced, and a magical refuge where two gals and queens can cross yellow brick roads with wonders like you. Listeners, if you could see my face right now, Tara, I did not know you had a chipmunk interpretation, impression. 
not gonna lie it's a little rusty that was a rusty go at it that was so good genius go at it because this was a this was a last minute find before us getting on the air today this little i am impressed monks go to the movies <laughs> where they sing a little wizard of oz Alvin and the chipmunks? Alvin and the chief chipmunks. <laughs> chipmunks. <laughs> Theodore, what's the other one? Simon. 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 Yes. <laughs> um, this is so cute. Well, my alarm I thought we should start in a good mood because <laughs> there's because <laughs> we're about to go on a roller coaster. We're about to go on a roller coaster ride. I definitely feel I want to just, hey listeners, like, <laughs> I'm aware that this is not. I get very, I'm a completist, I think a little bit. And I get very like, I know, I I don't know. It's insecure, sensitive when I know I haven't gone as far as I could go. Right. right. research. Went (laughs) about as far as she could go. Yeah, went about as far as she can go for today. (laughs) For today. Well, you know, I feel the same tear. And I always remind myself we're in this for the long haul, you know? Long haul. And we always love when people send us in stuff. Like for instance, the fact that, our friend Joey, previously featured on our roundtable with the Royal Shakespeare Company episode, Joey messaged us on Instagram all about like the stunt casting that was Toto in the West End Wizard of Oz, Andrew Lloyd Webber, how it was kind of all a setup just to have oh. something fun to do on the show. I guess that those I know that, I did. that Toto only did the Toto that won the reality TV show got one performance. <gasps> I hope it was good. I hope I that I hope you crushed it. <laughs> loved everything about that experience. But yeah, that they thank you. Thank you, Joey. I, I wouldn't have known that. Like it's like things no. like that have been coming up. We've been getting also, and let's just start here. We've been we getting, have to start here. I don't think our DMs have exploded more nope. at, in, in like our existence since we've been posting about over the rainbow. <laughs> You are welcome, y'all. The BBC 2010 reality TV show you can find on YouTube. Yes, and the Canadian production got yeah. a link for that now. That is all on YouTube as well. So you can it watch is. you can watch the Canadian over the rainbow and you can watch The people are in a tizzy and I've been telling everyone I know about this show because I cannot believe it exists. And everyone I show has this like horrified, intrigued expression on their face where they're like, What? What is this? <laughs> I know. Y'all, I, we're like trying to figure out what else is there to be done with this property because we're like, do we do a commentary series? Like, what are you <laughs> a whole commentary? I I think the commentary though is very very funny to like now look at oh it because there. I mean, I posted on our Insta story last night their America from West Side Story, which is just like yikes, 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 yikes. <gasps> so I mean, there's just so much to look at. Like it's got a lot of cultural appropriation moments all of it all Um, every moment a lot of heteronormative narrative the only narrative to tell like why do these dorothy's need to be like sultry sex machines (laughs) with these guys these guys every stereotype is being used in this reality show right right so i mean i think where i'm at like conclusion wise is that i think over the rainbow why people are so just agog over this whole experience, just so flabbergasted is because it is the best of reality TV in terms of how it like hooks you, but it mm-hmm. is the worst of musical theater. That's oh my what gosh. And there you go. That is lightning in a bottle, baby. 
That's lightning in a bottle. So it's like, <laughs> oh, you have two polar opposites. You can't look away. Is crushing in every way, shape, and form. Yep. And musical theater is like a joke, I think, in it. I really think it's a joke. And I say this with love for all of the girls who are into this. I'm, I, I've been very afraid. They're doing good. Yeah, I, I'm cautious with how I post on Instagram because I never want to sound like I'm attacking them. Like, no. listen, I understand we want to be in this industry. We've got to do something sometimes that we're like. I'm sure they know. I'm, we've all done things that we're like, ooh, la, la, la. But you know what? Now I'm on the West End. So right. maybe you can get some power and then like, you know, do better. <laughs> Whatever oh, that better. means. Please. Whatever that means. But oh. it's like, you got to play games in this industry. It's a really tough industry. I get it. I get it 100%. And also we had so much fun. Patrick, third roommate, even joined us and was commentating. He can't, he can't look away. It's a, it is. It is <laughs> I a had so much fun. Colossal train wreck that you just cannot take your eyes off of because. Also the fashion. Dorothy, but make it fashion. <laughs> One of our Patreons, Chelly, messaged. She was Chally. like, I think, it's, I think it's really just like, I think why we're like just whoa with those costumes is that they kind of look like love like lovely ladies meet dorothy gale that's what i'm saying you know what i'm saying they look like flame is lovely ladies meets dorothy gale so why why is she wearing that it's like yeah it's like harlotty french revolution streetwalker what is this (laughs) what is the design behind this please share i don't know i don't know and then we were also We've been we've been watching it more. So before we sat down the last time, we had not watched as much oh. as we now watched. We did not. We barely skimmed the surface. We barely skimmed the first surface. So now we know more. And I just think the most ludicrous thing out of this over the rainbow experience, the reality TV show part, is that they are asking these girls to like really be actors with Britney Spears head mics on, like, yep. and like MTV settings, like they're. On a, they the are on the best of cruise ships. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, you're asking them to be serious actors with this as their setting. Can we see how that's not helping? How is like, that going to be possible? Right. Right. And I just, I think maybe this is also where we're like disconnecting maybe with West End presentation of musical theater versus like right. us. But we're all confused now because like West End British mega musical has trampled us on Broadway yeah. too. And we're, we're children of this generation. So we'll like, we, then we'll listen. Yeah. We, we listen to the cats. We listen to all the animals. <laughs> to the cats. So it's true. We're confused. Yeah. We've got it in us. So I don't know. I don't know what more to be said than I love it. I love it. And like, hate that. I love it. It's like I know. a very complicated relationship. It's like a cat. It's like sugar that, you know, will give you cavities, but you're like, I'm going to eat it anyway gonna look at it yeah I'm gonna do it it's like the bachelor that's how I feel about the bachelor like I stopped watching it but I was kind of like that when I did watch it you know it hooks you they knew what they were doing also like the Brits with reality tv like have you ever seen love island no don't oh (laughs) no trashier than the bachelor so I don't know what I'm trying to say but they go possible they go further than I think we go they say things that are like, oh my God, they just said that. Like they go further. I'm kind of so, obsessed. Is that the BBC too? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. It's on Netflix. You can watch it on Netflix. Oh, really? But I do think they also are not as sensitive as we are to some of these like 
things that we see as very harsh statements. I don't think they, I can see that. I mean, even the girls on the show, they're getting this crazy feedback and they're just like, okay. Yeah. They don't cry. Like we would. Right. There's not drama in, in that regard. So I will be watching the rest of the series. <laughs> Same. Same. You know, there's no rights. You cannot get the rights for the Angela Lloyd Webber musical. Oh, like wow. If, if you wanted to do it like at your college, at your community theater. We really can't do our own version of the reality show like we wanted. I think that's in our future, though. I was like, how do Em and I, as <laughs> two people, reenact I, the, <laughs> the boot off? I, think I was going to say, we could reenact the entire thing also like duplicate ourselves via the power of the virtuals like we can have like a million me's being like to you i'm being like we thank you very sweetly oh i got kicked off i think so i think you should (laughs) i think so (laughs) and i i should cry and wave at you can i do emily's sweet little crack that she has (laughs) i felt so bad posting that so if you all have been following on the instagram i shared one of the girls getting booted off like what that experience (laughs) is because it is either like I don't even know. The emotions are high. I find it to be so ridiculous. I, I, there's no words. There's no there's words. No words. There's no words. Um, and I shared one and I, it was only because that was the one I recently had watched. So I like, you know, recorded it and she cracks right at the end. She made it through that whole entire number pretty well. She sounded good. She sounded good with emotions high. And then at the very end, she's, I was just like, Oh God, I hope she's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, why, oh, why can't? Ah, ah. <laughs> but she Real smiled. Shit. She was just like, oops, whatever. She's like, get me off of this moon. Oh, get my God. Moon. <laughs> All right, let's leave Andrew. Okay, Bye. thanks, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> thank you so much. Wait, hold thank on. you very sweetly. I said that a little too hastily on my part. I do want to share this because I did not know this because we're we our jobs is to hold all colors of the rainbow. Yes. In this pod. I saw this in some interview with Andrew Lloyd Webber. I love how um, journalist of me that is. Some interview, sourcing some interview. You know, it's on the internet. <laughs> well, I'll make sure to send it to you so this some interview can be in the show notes. Okay. This was about when Andrew Lloyd Webber was sick. He had cancer pr- uh, prior to doing this, which I did not know. I re- oh. vaguely remember now that he had prostate cancer, I believe. Oh, I wow. vaguely remember this. This was a while ago. Um, so this show was like a welcomed distraction and pleasant in his life. So I just want to what he said. While he credited the television series with expanding the audience for musical theater in, in England, he also described these reality TV shows as simply a pleasure to do during a time when he needed more laughter in his life. And this is his quote. There's no getting around it. Writing is hard while working with young performers is nearly always a joy. So he needed this. He didn't want to be working on something new. He wanted to be in a joy filled environment, which is interesting. I just heard with Steven Spielberg with West Side Story. He said he had one of the most joyous experiences on set with West Side because he was surrounded by young dancers. And it just was like, heaven to him. So I feel a little connection there with Lloyd Webber. Yeah. He's, and he says like Lloyd Webber is now cancer free. And he also says this, I do want to write again. I hope to, but it's also important for me to realize as I get older that I don't have to be doing everything all at once. Mm, Amen. Oh, I love that. There's like, there's always a personal behind the curtain moment. Right. Right. He looks like he's having a blast. (laughs) Yep. I, yep, he does. <laughs> He's loving it. 
so many feelings. Also, everyone, our friend Joey suggested we listen to the Sunset Project, which is another. Oh my gosh! So brilliantly done by Broadway Bob. Broadway um, Bob that walks you through Andrew Lloyd Webber's Sunset Boulevard, and it kind of like gets into some of the shady dealings of really the really useful group, which. Um, is Andrew Lloyd Webber's producing company. Also, the really useful group was behind this Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And just some of the, like, oh, God, just, like, awful things that they did to especially female performers. Yes. Um, so it just kind of tracks that there is not this healthy relationship with Andrew Lloyd Webber's um, people. Yeah. Oh, and- my gosh. I didn't know Joey sent that to us. I yeah. listened to the whole thing on my flight to California and yeah, there was a whole moment you had, you and I were talking about it of like sunset is about this aging woman and how she, or a woman of a certain age and being treated a certain way by the public. But then that was actually happening with the women, every single woman who has played that role of Norma. And then I also, I don't even think age matters when it comes to Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's like, there's a lot of just a lot of behind the scenes with women in particular stepping into these roles. Yeah. And we leave a big open question mark. Want to do more exploring? Because like, I don't want to paint him as a villain. I don't think anyone's a villain. Like, I don't think anyone's a good witch. I don't think anyone's a bad witch. Like, I think all somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I think Broadway Bob did a good job of that, of kind of explaining like, here's what was happening here and maybe their motivations. Because you're right. No one is an outright villain. No, I I think he's done a lot of good Android Weber, but I also think he's done a lot of harm. As well, he brought us cats. <laughs> Take which it, is, which could be harmful to, depending on the person. <laughs> or could be your favorite thing ever. <laughs> oh my gosh, with all the Toto stuff that they throw into the reality TV show, they keep being like, Andrew's the cat man. He's the cat. I know. I know. Like, stop. <laughs> I know. Dogs versus cats. <laughs> I know. I'm like, stop. And then they like hit some like dramatic chord of Andrew Lloyd Webber's. It's just so. Oh, I also love that they bring in like his music from other musicals throughout the song, throughout the series to like introduce him. Of course. Did you see the Doctor Who controversy? Did you look into that a little bit more than what happened with Over the Rainbow? I just read about it on the Wikipedia, but I've never seen Doctor Who. So it was a little confusing to me. Okay. So this was an article, another, I'm, I am terrible today with my sources. I acknowledge this. It's just because I have so many tabs open and so many copies. <laughs> I apologize yes. listeners. We will source in the show notes for sure. Yes. Okay. So this is from a 2010 article that right when this time was happening. The return of Doctor Who with Matt Smith in the title role has been hailed by fans and critics as a triumph, but the BBC infuriated fans on Saturday by taking the concept of time travel too far. (laughs) The creation has been forced to apologize after thousands of fans complained that a trailer for the next show ruined the tense climax of the Time of the Angels episode. As the camera zoomed in on Smith for an angry and emotional speech, a dancing cartoon image of Graham Norton appeared on the screen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Of Over the Rainbow. Part of a new Ardman ident for Saturday night with the banner advertising Over the Rainbow, the talent search for a young woman to play Dorothy in Andrew Lloyd Webber's new production of The Wizard of Oz. Viewers complained on guardian.co.uk that the tawdry trail. Tawdry. Tawdry, what a great word. Who could possibly have thought that was a good idea? There's a lot of great things we can take from American TV. The inserts showing what's coming up next are not one of them. Ew! They like also are like American TV. This is your get this it is your, out. 
That was from a user named Danny Boy. Just want to credit Thank them. Thank you, Danny Boy. <laughs> Fans vented their frustration on Twitter and blogs. This isn't monster trucks followed by pets do the funniest things. It's drama where the pleasure is in being completely drawn in for 55 minutes. <laughs> oh. WIB71 on the BBC's Doctor Who site. And it says, like, another one, Bitch wrote, what kind of science fiction fan wants to see over the rainbow? Yeah. <laughs> just had a surge of complaints. The BBC. You can't like both. <laughs> they had to put out a public apology. That is, well, I, I yeah. agree. I mean, I'm not a Doctor Who fan, but from, this is apparently like a really climactic moment of Doctor Who. And then you just see someone dancing. Yeah. No matter what show it is, I would be like, excuse me, can we save this for another time? I love that this is an American thing, too. <laughs> this is so funny. Well, apparently, Graham Norton poked fun at it on his show, the Graham Norton show, by having, I don't know what this is, a Dalek? Oh, gosh, I don't know Doctor Who, y'all. I'm sorry. Blowing his blowing his animated face off. <laughs> so he was like, ha Was Is this... Sorry. Do we have any Doctor Who fans in the house? Just message us and tell us your experience. Right. Yeah. Were you upset? If you remember this moment, if you were one of the 1,000 people who crashed the BBC site in complaints, please. I can't believe it. That's so many complaints to receive. I mean, wild. We do have some UK listeners. So let us know if you were one of those people who remember. Yeah, give us some context. Okay. um, Let's please. Let's leave. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Let's leave. (laughs) No more. It's been fun. It has but been now fun. it is time to ditch her so completely. Ditch her so completely. <laughs> her very sweetly. Um, okay, as we go into this final episode of Final episode. Oh my gosh. Um, what we're gonna do, or listeners, um, listeners, <laughs> I'm part of this. We are going to do some honorable mentions of musical adaptations, still sticking closely to the original story. Obviously, there are other musical adaptations of other bomb stories as he progressed down the yellow brick road in books, but we're really going to stick to musical adaptations just of the wonderful Wizard of Oz proper that we could find. Now, we know we, like we said at the top, we know we have some gaping holes and that's a-okay with us. And we are excited to fill them in as we continue down this journey for the two of us with wanting to know everything Ozzy at all times. It's going to take some time. (laughs) Bounce back and forth. So, Em, do you want to start us off with your first (laughs) mention of a musical adaptation to to take us on this end of our journey? All right. Well, I can't believe we're here. And I was, I have to shout out the Oz wiki. Y'all, if you have not visited the Oz wiki, it's, it feels pretty comprehensive. Like there's even just timelines and lists so that you can research. And I was just scrolling, 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 wow, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And it was like, okay, this is going to take some time. So I wish that I had all of the knowledge in the world about what I'm about to tell you about, but here we go. So my first mention is a movie. Uh-oh. And I want to just play you a little clip. If you dig rock and roll, you're going to dig Oz. If you dig rock and roll, you're going to dig Oz, okay? So this is a film, Oz, a.k.a. Oz, a rock and roll road movie, also released as 20th Century Oz in the United States. It has a couple titles. 
It is a 1976 Australian film. I'm obsessed. I watched the trailer to this and was I know. I was like, would I enjoy this? I'm not sure. I mean, I think I would enjoy it because it's so, it feels like the most 70s vibes. Did you read the plot? Oh, here we go. Are you ready? A little bit about the team. It was was written, directed, and co-produced by Chris Lovefen. It stars Joy Dunstan, Graham Matters, Bruce Spence, Gary Waddle, Robin Ramsey. It received four, four nominations at the 1977 AFI Awards. The musical score is by Ross Wilson, frontman for Daddy Cool and Mondo Rock. Do you listen to them, Tara? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So a little bit about this plot. It was aimed at older teen and young adult audiences. Yes. So come on older teens. That is like my, I'm the target audience for this. Okay. So Dorothy is a 16 year old groupie riding with a rock band, Wally and the Falcons. (laughs) Already. I love it. Suddenly the van is in a road accident and she hits her head. She wakes up in a fantasy world as gritty and realistic as the one she came from and learns she killed a young quote, young thug in the process. Mm, okay questionable questionable language we don't know we have you did you watch this um no, no i did not watch the entire not thing the trailer this was not one that i watched so yeah. i can't comment further i can't comment comment um this is just a summary i'm reading from the oz wiki another thing a gay clothier clothe clothier hopefully i'm saying that right glenn the good fairy gives her a pair of red shoes as a reward to help her see the last concert of the wizard, an androgynous glam rock singer. That was so in at that time too. Like right. had a moment. Which oh, the, and this is also very it. inspired by David Bowie. I read. Ah, interesting. A, a another Bowie. one of those. Okay, cool, cool. There's another line here that ugh, I don't really want to read, but this is, what, this is the one that disturbed me. Yeah. She is pursued by the thug's brother, who, sensitive language, attempts to rape her on several occasions. I was like, that's a very casual way of putting something very serious. Yes, he just, like, attempts. <laughs> I was like, excuse me, young teens? I don't think this is, I mean, I don't know. Are they ready for that? Also, this would remind me, this is more 80s, but, like, the Fame movie, which, oh, did I just buzz your ear by saying the word fame? Oh. <laughs> did I buzz your, did you, do you have anything from fame on your honorable mentions? Actually, no. Okay. We'll hold that thought. Maybe <laughs> I'll, do that I'll do that one next. I'll be mine. Oh my gosh. Okay. But this is like in that 70s, 80s time when yes. teens were taking a front seat, I think. And it was like, we want to be gritty. We want to be real. Like, I think of the Fame movie, which that movie scared me as a kid because yeah. have you ever seen the Fame movie? No, I, I've seen like clips. I know I need to watch that ASAP, but I think as a kid, I would not have enjoyed it. Oh, it's it's dark. Like there yeah. is a scene where a young actress has to go. She gets an audition, but it's like it's a casting couch audition and she goes through a really terrible experience. Oh my gosh. There, But I think that fame wanted to show like, this is a part of this industry. We want to make sure right. people understand this, whatever. Yeah. Same thing with that movie kids. Have you ever heard about kids? No. Oof, kids starring a very young Rosario Dawson. Ooh, was a about, about like, just like 
I, I can't even, because I don't know it very well. Like, I can't explain it too well, but it's just, whoa, it goes really, really far and it's really, really dark and it's about teenagers. Oh my gosh. See, I could not handle anything that was like serious in any way. So maybe now I could watch it. Beyond serious. And this was like, okay, so kids was 1995. So a little bit later down the line, but it says coming of age drama film. It felt like almost a, well, here's a description. Lorda flies with skateboards, nitrous oxide and hip hop. There's no thunderous moral reckoning, only observational detachment. So that's the thing. You kind of observe these young kids making terrible choices. No. And it's set in New York City. It's a lot. So that's I, 95. So, but this, I don't know. Like there was like this trend was starting in like the late 70s of like groupies being something that people wanted to be or do. I don't know. Like it had like that attraction for that kind of reckless lifestyle, I think was getting a moment. Right. This plot looks wild. I'm just like skimming and I see like virgin and STDs and marijuana. Like, it's just like, here's the highlights. Nitrous nitrous oxide. (laughs) Wow. Oh, I could not have watched this as a child. Yeah, I I think I watched it as a teen and I was still like, whoa. Same thing with fame. Let me get the year on the fame movie too. Because it was after the television show, which we'll talk about in a moment. (laughs) I'm so excited. Oh yeah, the fame movie was 19... 80. Oh, okay. So I did not know this. The fame movie came first and then the television show followed. I, for some reason in my head had that the other way around. Hmm. So yeah, this was, this was, this is all interesting to me. Like it's kind of linking some things together. I wish I could articulate it better, but I hope listeners you're understanding. Yes. No, I think you're, I think you're totally right. I mean, this seems very adult to me, but (laughs) Yeah. So just to sort of finish up the plot real quick, she meets a dumb surfer (laughs) stereotypes. If you surf, you're dumb. A dumb surfer named Blondie, a heartless mechanic, grease ball, and a cowardly biker killer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with this. So apparently the creators, uh, they got this idea to make an Australian version of the wizard of Oz and they were inspired by David Bowie. And wanted, I, I'm not sure who this really is, Graham Matters, to play the lead role. But perhaps there's a David Bowie inspiration connection there. Okay. It was shot over a five-week period near Melbourne. It was a commercial disappointment, apparently, even though it says it did receive excellent reviews. But the soundtrack was not ready before the film came out. So they think that that sort of hit it. Mm -hmm. you know but it has become a cult movie especially in australia since then i mean i'm obsessed with that living in the land of oz like that was stuck in my head when i went to sleep last night um a few other song titles definitely got horror vibe yes i was gonna say it it feels very much in that vein uh grease ball there's a song called grease ball there's a song called you're driving me insane there's a song called our warm, tender love. So what was happening in this? <laughs> but just some quick little trivias. The name is based on the fact that Australia is nicknamed Oz. Yeah. Super fun. And this is also, OzWiki tells me, this is the first adaptation to swap the genders of the witch characters, which I did find to be pretty interesting. Oh, interesting. I actually don't think so. No? Ooh, tell no. us. I think I have, I think I have something that will disprove that. Do we need to write into OzWiki and ask them to change it? What year was that? 1976. 
Okay, hold that. Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. It's going to be right around the same time. We're going to find out. Just hold that in your head. Was this rock musical the first one? (laughs) Which a male identifying? I'm I'm intrigued. At least one of the first, which is really cool. Well, is it? Um, Oh, is it the witch? Wait, hold on. This is important. Is it the witch in drag or is the witch a male identifying character? So Robin is a male identifying human from what I can understand. He is a, an Australian former television, film, and stage actor. And so he is the actor who plays Glynn, the good fairy. So yeah, it appears it's a an actual gender swap. Oh, then that's correct. Woo! An actual gender swap? What were you thinking of? I'll tell you later. Okay. Oh my gosh. I think I put in my head like the first male to take on one of the witches. Yeah. Like not like in drag, like as um, but, Royal Shakespeare. Right, company. right, right. Yes. No, it appears, it appears like the witch is male identifying. Got it. Like Billy Brown. Right. Right. right, right. Okay. Pretty cool, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of interesting. Thank you so much for starting us off in the actual land of Oz. I know, literally the land of Oz. And on this trailer of the YouTube video, which I will link, people are like here for it. I like to read the YouTube comments because it just kind of gives us an insight of like people People, saying, yeah, yeah, people have seen it like, oh my God, why isn't this on Netflix? Rip uh, R.I.P. Graham Matters, a true Australian star. Well worth watching a great Australian classic. (laughs) <laughs> glam rock 70s hair and a groovy mustang too much wicked <laughs> so i might need to watch this but there are a few moments that i'm like huh this is gonna be interesting okay so that is my first little rabbit hole thanks em got thanks you <laughs> okay well you know i'll go right away to my little fame rabbit hole Ooh, tell us <laughs> smack other people with in the pool. <laughs> in the pool. <laughs> yeah, they also um start this presentation smacking each other with those pool noodles. That's the only reason that's their only use. So we have landed in fame episode 19 of their season 2, the not in Kansas anymore episode where they have this whole MGM musical fantasy sequence that happens for a young character named Doris. <laughs> Doris I think from what I gather, because I did not watch the whole thing, but I watched a lot of it. She, it's amazing. I'm also all, I'm all in on this, all in on this. Yes. Forgot to send in a term paper and like whoever that teacher is, is like, you can't graduate. She's like wicked witch. Oh. I mean, the first line of the whole episode is. The opening portion of tonight's episode will be brought to you in black and white. Oh, <laughs> just so you they know. Open door, they open a door into Oz when she f- eventually gets there. But it starts with um, this young girl, Doris, running to rehearsal. She gets called out for not turning in this term paper by a certain, like, 
strict teacher. Debbie Allen is there as a teacher too. And she's like, I tried, like I couldn't, I couldn't, can't get them to understand. It looks like she's been recast in their musical production of the Wizard of Oz. And the girl who's like, I sing better than you anyways. Like, it's like very much like there's that one that comes in. Um, it's incredible. Uh, so just a little bit about what I got to see. Like she has Ruby red Nikes when she goes to Um, what? I need that. So basically how she gets to Oz is she's so upset with her friends who will then become the Scarecrow, the Tin Man and the Lion after she basically is told she's recast in the school play and she falls down and hits her head. And that's just kind of starts the whole. They always hit their head. (laughs) Dream sequence. Um, she literally says when she enters into the Oz realm, Toto, I don't think we're in the school of arts anymore. Oh my, I love it. I love it. I mean, also what you did not get to see with Debbie Allen as the Good Witch, it was her like majorette style twirling a baton. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm sure she went all out. Oh, it's amazing. And it's a pretty condensed, I mean, this is a 42, 43 minute episode. It's a pretty condensed um, interpretation of Oz. Definitely all the MGM music is there for this one. But something like as simple as she meets all of her friends in one scene like there's no scarecrow then tin man the lion she meets them all at once um what's they really at- funny is that teacher the strict teacher is the wicked witch of the west she wears a graduation cap instead of a witch cap to be like taunting her like you're not like you know you're not gonna graduate oh my gosh this is so stressful i watched a little interview that was available on youtube just with cast members talking about this episode and the cast member who played the cowardly lion danny amatulo he was like, I don't know why we did this episode. We should be talking about real things that Ooh. young actors are actually going through. And I just found this episode to be so silly and just like kind of terrifying. Not into it. Not into it. And this was an uh, interview done a little bit later after I guess the show was off the air. But just a little bit about fame. Fame is an MGM property, just to put that out there, too. Yes. American television series that was originally produced between January 7th, 1982 through May 18th, 1987. Associated with Metro Golden Mayor Television, also sponsored by Yamaha Musical Instruments. So the television show became a walking ad for Yamaha Instruments, just prominently featured throughout the whole entire time. So there probably was a great surge in the um, Yamaha brand. Yeah, the so thank you for advertising. Yeah, it was based off of the 1980 movie, and it takes place in New York City High School for Performing Arts, which is a fictional establishment similar to LaGuardia High School that actually exists. Um, all, oh. all the seasons except the third, all the exterior scenes were shot here in New York City. Um, it had a crazy UK fan base. Um and these characters would go on tours together with doing music from the the television show. So it was a big thing. They tried to bring it back a couple of times in like the very confused time of like two, the early aughts, which, you know, we were just uh. in. Like they tried to bring fame back with an off-Broadway production. There was another reality TV show, if you remember it, Am. Do you remember the fame one? There was a fame one that what? was on. Yeah, there was a fame one. I can't remember the years on that. I'll dive more into that on the Instagram. But yeah, fame Fame has also had the reality TV treatment and I mean, of this course. Oz episode that is just so much fun. From I really enjoy watching it. I think it's great. Also, I love listening to Debbie Allen and the girl playing Doris. Oh, they- she sounded so good. More of the rainbow together in harmony at the end before she uh, goes to school back to. No, I live for that real world. So just a tiny little rabbit hole. Right? Could we there. watch that? Yeah, I it's think we should watch the episode. Eight. Oh, the whole episode is on YouTube. You can watch the whole entire episode. 
Well, Tara, I was just on the IMDb page for this episode. Yes. Apparently Valerie Landsberg, who played Doris, it says it was her favorite episode. Not, not cited, but I'll believe them. Um, but are you that in the interview and that interview I watched, she's like, this meant so much to me. I got to actually do what I dreamed about as a little girl. That's so cute. Right. right. you, Valerie. It's so disco-y. It's so ridiculous. I love it. I'm going to share my screens and I'll describe what I'm seeing listeners. Do you see who that is, Tara? Is that Ray? That is Ray Bolger. Come on to set to help them. IMDb tells us the TV series fame was filmed on the very same soundstage as The Wizard of Oz at MGM Studios in Culver City. During the filming of this episode, original Scarecrow Ray Bolger visited the set and was photographed with famed Scarecrow Gene Anthony Ray, who played Leroy Johnson. Okay, I think... This leads That's, into another rabbit hole. Can I just go right on into Instagram? That? Yes. Okay. So the fame episode had me remember, oh my gosh, didn't Donnie and Marie also do this? <laughs> they did. And Ray Bolger reprises his role as the scarecrow. <sighs> okay. So Donnie and Marie Osmond, if you are unfamiliar, they had an American variety show between 1976 <laughs> and 1979. Now, this was the Wicked Witch I was bringing into question because they have Paul Lind, you know, Paul Lind, who has the hilarious, shaky voice. He plays the Wicked Witch of the West. And this, I believe, was 1977. So a year after this Oz rock musical happened, but it's Paul Lind. I think it's Paul Lind being Paul Lind in a dress. (laughs) You know what I mean? Love it. Love it. Um, there is so many Ozmind jokes, like Ozmind with the whole entire um, presentation. But and they used all original music, um, either that they I don't know if they wrote, but like two lost souls from Damn Yankees is what they all sing to get down the yellow brick road. I can't <laughs> like two lost souls like they all sing on and sing that on the highway of life. Ain't even God assist Dora brother. I think Dorothy says something along the lines. Who's Marie Osmond. She says something along the lines of, I can't even call my mother or something along those lines. Cause she's like sad and scared that she's in this new place. But, um, the set is wild. Like there's like signs for like a good witch hotel when she lands into, when she lands in Oz for the first time there, the shoes are silver back in this one. I mean, Lucille Ball is the Tin Man. Like, it just gets better and better. Paul Williams as the Cowardly Lion. Donnie plays the wizard. It's amazing. Let me just talk a little bit about Donnie and Marie while we're here. I love them. So, of course, Donnie and Marie were brother and sister. Donnie was first popular with his music group with his brothers, the Osmonds. And then Marie was the youngest one. And she had um, singles that were popping those charts, my friends. (laughs) Popping those charts. They were the youngest pair originally to be given a variety TV show, which is pretty cool. Wow. Um, I believe Marie was 16 when they started and Donnie was 18. Pretty crazy. So th- this kills me. Donnie and Marie was a Friday night show that consisted of an ice skating number intro, as you do, comedy skits, followed by songs performed by the duo. The most famous song performed on the show was I'm a Little Bit Country, I'm a Little Bit Rock and Roll, which I was, which formed the basis of a weekly segment, The Concept Spot, in which Marie, I'm a Little Bit Country, would trade off singing a country music song with Donnie, I'm a Little Bit Rock and Roll, singing a rock and roll song. Each episode concluded with a musical finale and a cascade of balloons from the ceiling matched to the colors of the sets and costumes. So it said one of their 15-minute musical adaptations 
within an episode was The Wizard of Oz. They also did Star Wars. Amazing. Yes. I am completely charmed by it. This is the final song I have a sound clip pulled up of, but you, uh, one, if you don't know what I'm talking about, immediately solve that problem by going to YouTube. The whole entire 12 minute and 50 second adaptation is available for you for your viewing pleasure. But here's a little taste. I mean, um, just fine on those silver shoes, hon. Okay, we have a lot to watch on our watch list because I am immediately like, I must watch this ASAP. Older, baby. Ray, Ray, I need to watch everything he's ever done. It's so great. It's that really, so really charming. Cute. It's really charming. It's super speedy and fast. I'm obsessed. I love that. I wonder what the like inspiration was. You just do the Wizard of Oz. Um, <laughs> you just do, you don't need a reason. <laughs> no, you don't need a reason. No rhyme or reason, babe. I love it. I'm going to be watching this because I'm on the IMDb page. The photos are wild. <laughs> we should be talking about, oh, the photos are wild. It's like cartoonish. It's, like it's, it's kind of jetsony. Like it looks like jetsony meets like Partridge Family yes. style. Like, I mean, we're just naming things at, of the time, but it's definitely yes. that over the top cartoonish yes. style. But you know what? Like that kid from fame is like, why aren't we talking about real things? Wow. <laughs> I know. He's very upset. But hilarious. All right. Well, that's two of my rabbit holes. Those are two of my, like, episodic rabbit holes. I love it. Yes. I. These are things that I did not even know existed. So thank you. I'm shook and shocked that you did not know the Ray Bulger one. Shook and shocked. Shook and shocked. I have a lot of work to do, y'all. Okay. If that's your boyfriend, like. I know. I'm holding you to high standards. If you are saying. That is your boyfriend. You must know these things. Like, I know everything about Jack Haley. <laughs> Duh! Every last tidbit. Also, side note, listeners, Tara's Christmas present to me was an original playbill of Ray Bulger. Souvenir program. Souvenir Both. program and the playbill of my boy, Ray Bulger, in Where's Charlie at the St. James Theater. It's so it's beautiful. And I cried. So It's so, it's so beautiful. But um, who did not do any of these episodic musicals is one Jack Haley. <laughs> no, it was a job. I'm done. Well, he also, I don't think, was alive for these. Like, oh, he passed okay. in the late 70s. So, yeah. I mean, this was, like, towards the end of his his life. <laughs> my heart. You know. But he, he would never do these. Even if I think he was, like, 40, he'd be like, no. I don't think he would. <laughs> Thanks. And that's why I love him. Love him. All right, oh. well, here's my next rabbit hole. Oh, one, one quick presence yes. just because it should just go here because it'll be easy Tell us. just to coincide with all of this we have the disco album that was released by mecco yes that is one of my rabbit holes okay tell us more um because i didn't i listened to it and i was like excellent this is amazing yes. also i swear to you i've known about the record cover yes. which is 
on real, if you can describe that M for our listeners to just like get a feel of what this record cover looked like. Yep. Amazing. All I knew about it and then listening to it, I was like, this is heaven. I That's a vinyl now on my list that I must have. I'm obsessed Nin- with this. Yeah, can 1978, same years, like in the same yeah. string of years as Donnie and Marie in 1977. What's and up with this? So it just kind of all fits this new groovy Oz. I love, I'm obsessed with how, as we move through the decades and times changing, everyone just is like, we're going to take Wizard of Oz and make it work for this time. Right, right. Oh, I just got chills. Ah! Okay, so I have to tell you, listeners. um, It's probably your booster shot. (laughs) It's my boostie. We both got our boosties last night and we're like, hopefully we're alive to record. Um, So listeners, this weekend, so I flew to California to visit my fam and I got to hang out with one Tiffany Sutton of Follow the Yellow Brick Girl fame. I'm so jelly. So jelly. <laughs> oh my gosh. We, I mean, we talked about you the entire time. So she actually, we were hanging out and she was like, wait, you've heard the disco album, right? And I was like, wait, oh my gosh, tell me more. She's like, she played me some clips. She's like, yeah, I use these for reels all the time. <laughs> so this is by, I'm assuming Miko. Is that how we pronounce? Meek, I, I said, I said. Echo. Deco. I think I'm thinking of Deca though. You know, like Deca right. album. Deco. I right. actually don't know if my pronunciation is correct on this, but yeah, it was a studio album. It's a studio album through Millennium Records, um, and it's called Mecco Plays the Wizard of Oz. It was released in 1978. It sold around 400,000 copies. <laughs> the album reached number 68 on the U.S. pop charts. And I'll link this video that literally plays through the entire record, it appears. But here's the... <laughs> in case you need it i mean i agree i'm obsessed with this like this just gets me i would have thrived in disco era music times um here's the here's the record my description so at the top you have this like beautiful sun rising above or maybe it's setting over like this glassy grayish bluish ocean this is like the back of the record have you seen the front of the record Ooh. With the top. Oh, yes. Oh, let me describe that. Okay. So there's back of the record is excellent as well. They're both excellent. Okay. So that's the back. And I love the font. It says millennium with this like silvery yellow blue, just very 70s font. And I'm obsessed with it. But on the front, there is this really intense head, like an actual face, like a human's face. It's drawn. But it's a face and his head is green and round and it has these like, it looks like rivers of lava, green lava, like flowing throughout his head. And this is the throne room and his throne is like this golden organ pipe backdrop that looks like it's exploding into fire. (laughs) And there's all these people in 70s outfits dancing. The wizard is BG, honey. This is hilarious. (laughs) I'm obsessed with it. It's so good. It's so, so good. Like it's it just a time capsule and it just makes me, this is why we're here. I'm like, Oz it's has it. gotten dragged into every single trend, yes. style, yes, everything. It's gotten taken in and that's what's so freaking cool is we get that's to- That's what it's so fun. In the, in the disco realm now, which is just- Disco world. I am about to play us a little clip of this because I feel like our listeners are not ready for this. Thank you. Thank you. But this YouTube video, whoever posted this, they are like really obsessed. They own one of these copies and they put an entire in the description, like everything about Mecco. So here you go. But 
just a quick little tidbit. Mecco is an American record producer and musician, as well as Mecco is the name of his band and production team. And he's best known for his 1977 space disco version of the Star Wars theme from his album, Star Wars and Other Galactic Funk. Both Space and disco make me go together. Like Ramalama. Ding a ding a ding a ding a dong. <laughs> and he he describes the wizard this Wizard of Oz album quote it is my best work bar none. to stop y'all you need to go look into this because i mean if that didn't do it for you what will yeah okay. I, i have i have nothing to offer you that doesn't get you <laughs> a finger up towards the sky and then down to the ground i don't know what will i'm obsessed so thank you tiffany sutton for also reminding me of this incredible moment in history saturday night oz fever saturday night oz fever <laughs> amazing On May 17, 1900, the very first copies of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum were printed. Deemed one of America's first original fairy tales, the book has been adapted several times on the stage and screen. In the 120 years since the book was first published, 39 more official sequels were written, and The Land of Oz became the center of many films, scripts, and short stories, in and out of the canon. Join me, Justin Peavy, as I explore this iconic franchise, reading every book, taking a deep dive into some of the lesser-known installments, and comparing adaptations to their respective source material. The wonderful recap of Oz is now streaming on all major podcast platforms. For more info, you can follow me on social media at Oz Recap. Thank you so much for listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod. If you are feeling frisky with your fingertips, scroll on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a glowing rate and review. Each person who leaves us a review will be entered to win our end-of-the-season Oz giveaways, including a gift basket of musical adaptation goods, which, trust me, you aren't going to want to miss. All previous reviews will also be considered in our entries. We see you. Until next time, catch us at Down the Yellow Brick Pod in our Technicolor scrapbook on IG and partying on our Patreon. Gratitude to our patrons of present and future for making more magic possible. Let's escape to Oz soon, okay? TTYL.